Have you ever experienced a dry, itchy scalp or ever wondered why your color isn't lasting as long as your hairdresser promised? Well, unfiltered, mineral-filled water could be the reason why. Did you know hard water is a leading cause of damaged hair and dry, irritated skin? And that about 85% of the United States uses hard water filled with dissolved minerals and added chlorine. That's where Canopy's new filtered showerhead comes in. Known for their beauty hacks and reimagined humidifier, Canopy is dermatologist recommended. This unique three-stage filtration system greatly reduces contaminants and odors in your shower water. Best of all, the Canopy filtered showerhead is hassle-free, installation's a breeze, and its unique quick-release filter replacement feature allows for seamless filter replacement. Go to canopy.co to save $25 on your Canopy filtered showerhead purchase today with Canopy's hassle-free filter subscription. Even better, Gore listeners can use our code ROSES at checkout to save an additional 10% off your Canopy purchase. Hurry, your hair and skin will thank you. If you are a wine lover like myself and you gotta have it for your bachelor reviewing parties, I'm gonna let you in on a little secret. I found the personalized the most personalized wine club that has amazing wines and exclusive perks called First Leaf. As a First Leaf member, you get to try new wines and I'm guaranteed to enjoy them because they got to know my unique preferences. I answered a few questions on their website, this quiz about the flavors you like, how often you drink wine, Monday nights, if you prefer red, white, or rosé. And based on these, it gives you this amazing selection of wines tailored just for you. And when you rate those wines, it gets even more tailored, a la, you know, uh, Netflix. Just play into the algorithm. My algorithm got me both rosé and white wine, Mm. my favorites, and they were so delicious, and I've gotten to enjoy them with many of my, my friends. Look, being part of the First Leaf Wine Club also has perks. As a member, you get access to their incredibly helpful wine concierge, So if you want uh, wine pairing advice or you want to talk about the wines in your box, you can always talk to one of their experts. Plus, you get member exclusive pricing. What's in the box? On every order. Join the club today and discover new wines you'll love with First Leaf. Go to tryfirstleaf.com slash roses to get your first box. That's T-R-Y-F-I-R-S-T-L-E-A-F dot com slash roses try firstleaf.com slash roses creams and serums are made of 70 percent water 15 percent preservatives and emulsifiers leaving only around 15 percent for the active ingredients that your skin needs but luckily now there's fiber skincare 15 years ago, the scientists behind fiber skincare started working on nanofibers, which are 500 times smaller than human hair. You know, I I saw that in um, Three Body Problem. Mm. One year ago, they patented a way of wrapping the nanofiber around oil or liquid-based ingredients. This means they can deliver five times the active ingredients compared to creams or serums, as there is no need for water, preservatives, or emulsifiers. The first formulation made with this technology is plant-based, anti-wrinkle. Uh, it's a set of patches that you use over a series of seven days. You just put these on whenever you would apply your serums, and your skin is going to feel tighter in 10 seconds. And over the seven-day oh. program, it has been clinically proven to reduce wrinkles by, get this, 19.4%, a very precise percentage. In fact... Mm. They have a tighter skin guarantee. 
If your skin isn't tighter in seven days, they're going to give you your money back. No questions asked. You get the tighter skin guarantee with this seven-day routine. Tighter skin or your money back. Get a 15% discount code by using the discount code GAME. That's Fiber Skincare. It's the Game of Roses. Welcome to the Game of Roses. This is the Game of Roses. Welcome to the Game of Roses. Welcome to Game of Roses. This is Pace Case. This is Bachelor Clues and Dark Seeker. <laughs> this is Dark Seeker. Special guest, Dark Seeker. It's not a lot that we have all three of us on the pod together. I know. I love it. Here we are. Whole fam. Down deep in the bottom of the pit, swimming around in the darkest waters. Mm-hmm. And we have a very interesting uh, episode today. We're going to be answering some questions that Dark Seeker has painstakingly gone through all submissions, found the best ones, and we are going to answer them here for you now. But before we do that, I need to make a little announcement. My DMs are open Okay. for anyone who might want to be coached for the next season of Bachelor. We're talking about season 28. Casting is underway now. If you're in the casting process and you want some help navigating it, hit me up. If you know anybody who is in the casting process currently and needs some help navigating it and getting through the show, wants strategies, etc., hit me up. Uh, anybody who's interested at all, hit me up. Send me a DM and make sure your Instagram is not private. It's got to be a public Instagram. And then uh, we'll, we can take it from there. And also, I would say this. Don't message Game of Roses. I won't be any help. Go directly to Bachelor Clues because I get I get a bunch of those. Please DM me directly. And also, I will say this. I'm happy to coach anybody that I believe can make a deep run and that I believe I can help. What I want to do is coach somebody who wants to go in basically playing a character and at the end of the season, at the Women Tell All, or the After the Final Rose, however far you make it, essentially look into the camera and say, it was a bit. I was playing a character. This is pro wrestling. None of this is real. That's what I'm really hoping for and what I would like somebody to be able to do. So, Wow. So DMs are open for bit players or serious players. Are we hearing that correctly? That is correct. I will coach you even if you don't want to do that strategy, but that's my preference. I really want to coach somebody who's down to do that. He's looking for a big old troll. Not a troll. Somebody to expose the game for being a game. To go into it and say, I played the game at the highest level and I did it using this strategy. But you know they're going to cut it out. They're going to cut it out. Then you put it on your social media. Put it on when you go on podcasts. Okay. I'm just looking for somebody who wants to, at the end of their season of play, expose the fact that it was a coached season, that this was all just to see how far you could get in the game and you got very far. That's what I'm looking for. Okay. That's what I'm hopeful to, to find. My DMs are not open. I will let you know if they ever become open. For anything. Oh, fantastic. Pace case is closed. Clues is open. But I love you all. All right. Well, that concludes all of our business <laughs> and our well wishes and love wishes for all people involved here, I suppose. But now let's get into this. Uh, so here we go. We're just going to answer these questions. Dark Seeker again has prepared these for us. Thank you, Dark Seeker. Of course. Let's begin. All right. First question. How much money would you pay for naming rights for the first Trizzy baby? Mm. Mm-hmm. That's an amazing question. Yeah, it's very interesting because it it there's another question implied in it, which is what would you name Trizzy's baby? Right. 
Mm-hmm. It's a two-parter. The money is almost immaterial. I'm going to say the money is not immaterial for me. I would say I would pay $200. Well, <laughs> because it would be a gift for clues. Oh. They're billionaires. You understand that, I assume. Well, I'm just saying that's my limit. <laughs> you would have to come at them with, I believe, a Trizzy Trillion. That's the only <laughs> type of money that's going to... The question is not what a deal do you think they'd agree to? It's what would you pay? Right. How much? <laughs> okay. Yeah, sure. I mean, what would I pay? Mad. I'd probably pay five grand for that. Oh, my God. Okay. Let's set it up. And then what would I name the child? Probably Sleucian Protocol. <laughs> probably Sleucian Protocol. Sleucian Protocol, Trout Pruitt. I would name it Bachelor Clues. <laughs> Regardless of gender, too. Just Bachelor yeah. Clues. This is our baby Bachelor Clues. Regardless of gender, it's Bachelor Clues. You know, it would be an homage. You know, like naming a star. Oh, That's pretty that's, cool. That's so sweet. An homage to our friendship. Thank you. I, I sincerely appreciate that. Should we name the toilet brush? <sighs> I mean... Did you guys not name it? What the hell? No, we didn't name the toilet brush. I don't even know if they used it. I don't know if they got it. I never received a thank you letter or any acknowledgement that they even have it in their new home or homes. I'm going to say worth the shape. Love it. Okay. Yeah. No, I get it. I get it. I get it. Uh, Like shit, but worth the wait. Yeah, I got it. Look, I I was on the spot. with No, you (laughs) do. Lizzie, Lizzie, you fucking nailed it. Okay. (laughs) Worth the shape. Yeah, exactly. There's probably a better one. I know. Worth the shape. (laughs) Worth the. I I think we've successfully answered this question. So you would Lucian Protocol. Yeah. Pruitt Trout. Or maybe Hannah Sluss. Hannah Sluss Pruitt Trout. Something like that. 5K. All right. Hey, just putting it out there. Yeah. Uh, Next question. They did this in Vanderpump Rules where the characters bet a um, pickleball game to name the firstborn child. Are you? Did it like plan out that way? And then he lost. <laughs> Damn. And then his uh, his wife was pissed. <laughs> uh, but then that guy got kind of me too'd, so it didn't really matter anyway. Mm. Anyway. Next question. <laughs> My boyfriend doesn't watch The Bachelor. Should I break up with him? Mm. I mean, I know my answer to this. I know my answer. Should we say it on the count of three? Yeah. Mm -hmm. One, two, three. No. no. What? No, you should not break up with the boyfriend. You should drag your boyfriend into the pit. You should make him watch The Bachelor. You should change his life forever, enhance it, enrich it by giving him the gift of not only The Bachelor, but of being able to watch it through the lens of the pit with this higher level of understanding of what our beloved game truly is, what it really means in terms of American pop culture and American culture at large, just how important it is to the reality that we all live in. Drag this man into the pit. What are you waiting for? It's not a problem. It's an opportunity. Ooh, I love that. You should be like a life coach. I agree. Feature, not a bug. (laughs) No, I just think... Why would you? Why would that be a deal breaker? I feel like your deal breaker should be massive. It should be my boyfriend listens to Bachelor Happy Hour unironically. Should I break up with him? Oh, that's a harder one. Jesus. Unironically. I feel like that's also a, a, a possible um, opportunity to drag somebody into the pit. 
really, I think no matter who you're dating, no matter what they're watching or listening to, ironically or unironically, drag them into the pit. It's always that opportunity. No, I would say there's probably some who, some interests which wouldn't align. Hmm. Like, no matter what they're watching, clues. No matter what. Who knows what's out there? Yeah, a lot of media. Oh, oh geez. What? Next question. <laughs> All right. Next. Pass. <laughs> Is there anything you guys would bring back to the franchise from the earlier eras? Oh, God. The mole. Yeah, the mole is a good Season one. Season seven, they had a mole. It's time to bring it back. I know they never would because it's 4TWR, but... It was so entertaining. I would love that. I mean, they're doing like a joke version of it with Undercover Brother, but... Yeah, that falls very flat. It's not the same. They're going to expose him on night one. If guys don't immediately know that he's fake from the beginning. Probably halfway through the cocktail party. Yeah. He's wearing a synthetic wig that shines. Like, of course. I do like that it's a night one curveball, though. I yeah. do like the night one curveball. I mean, they're at least trying. But I mean, you know what I would really actually like? I think there is something beautiful in the the original structure of the first three seasons, what we call the classic era, where you had after night one, the next episode was three group dates. They consisted of five players apiece, and they were all great group dates. You got to go to Vegas. You got to go to a spa. You got to go on a yacht. There yes. were no forced violence and forced nudity. All of these group dates were really things that were very fun. They were like extravagant, the things that you may not get the opportunity to do unless you're on the show. And the fact that they were... Um, and everyone had the same chance with the weed. Yeah. Yeah. It was five, five, and five. So you didn't have in episode two, a one-on-one -on -one and two group dates or a group date and two one-on-ones. You didn't have that yet. It was everybody goes on a group date, then it gets bumped up to one-on-ones in the next episode. I would potentially go back to that format. I also... There is a soft spot in my heart for season four, Bob Guinea, the precursor basically to the group date rose when they had the white roses. Do you remember this? The white roses? Oh. You liked that. Interesting. I did like it. The white roses were on a group date with five players. Dark Lord Harrison shows up with a little platter that has four white roses on it. And if you get one of those roses, you are safe on the group date. You still have to go to the rose ceremony that week, right. but you're safe on that group date. If you don't get a white rose, you're eliminated from the group date. So it, it's no longer like how it is now. There's one group date rose that makes you safe from everything. Uh, that's not how that was. It was if you don't get a rose on the group date, you go home immediately. I kind of liked that because there was a there was a tension on that group date that was like, fuck, one of us is getting eliminated. Right. That no longer exists in the contemporary game. It's one of us is going to get this group date rose, but we all might still get roses at the rose ceremony. There was a, a, a bit of like heightened pressure that no longer exists on the group date. So what you're saying is you wouldn't bring back the portrait room that they had to stand in. The I mean, the portrait room. The deliberation room. The deliberate. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, they still have that, by the way. What? They just no longer show it. Yeah, you still have to go to a deliberation room and talk to producers. But do they have the weird pictures of the girls and it looks like they all died? No, because no, no. They're because they're not shooting it, there are no more framed photos of them. <laughs> now I believe the Bachelor and Bachelorette are just handed like pieces of paper with their faces printed out and names and stuff on oh, it. Oh, okay. And they say like, kind of order these. Who do you like? Who do you not like? I did, in some cases, like the video mes messages that players would leave for the leads. Some of those were kind of funny and fun. Interesting. It was like the last ditch effort. Yeah. I think that could be interesting now. I liked back during season seven when people had fun with the host and they would <laughs> lift their Dark Lord. And give him a noogie. 
Yeah, Charlie O'Connell. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that's interesting from that. You know, Brad Womack's second season, season 15 of The Bachelor, they had his, in quotes, therapist come on the show oh, my and give gosh. out advice to him in the course of the show. I don't know if that was his real therapist. Oh. I don't know if it was like a producer. But, you know, things like that, I think, are interesting where they... Yes, they should have therapists for everyone expand it even farther and let us watch yeah make the therapist sleep with them in the bunk beds crowd the rooms up even <laughs> yeah. more the therapist should be a player <laughs> um i don't know there are little little things little bits and baubles from the the long road of history in our beloved game that yeah i would like to see done again perhaps done slightly differently but for me those those white roses are definitely a part of it um i agree with you pace case the mole Gotta see that in a real way. In a real way. Not like what they're about to do on charity season. Yeah. All right. Wow. Those were great baubles. Yeah. yeah I was just about, literally when he said that, I was like, did he just say bits and baubles? Okay. Some bits and baubles. <laughs> hey, do you know what the phrase vim and vigor means? I know what vigor is. Vim and vigor, it's like a phrase and it means like in, with energy, like enthusiastically or whatever. And they said it on succession and we were trying to debate whether that was a real phrase that mm. people use. Is it? I think it's a generation. I think it's like it's. Yes. Oh, clues confirmed. It's a, kind of a, you know, a 1900 saying. Yeah. <laughs> and you're saying bits and baubles is like that? Just curious. You're now equating me to somebody who was around in 1900. That was an unrelated thought. Was it? I think it came directly after me saying bits and bobbles. I bet Clues still <laughs> says stuff like, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater and stuff like that. For sure. Yeah. Huzzah. Dude. Things like that. <laughs> um, listen, I can't be held responsible for whatever phrases go into my mind. I read a lot of things. I watch a lot of media. I like them. Yeah, I liked it too. Twixt. Oh, all right. All right. Sand twixt toes. That's one of my favorite cluesisms. Betwixt. That was uh, essentially Nathaniel Hawthorne reference, the author of The Scarlet Letter, among other things. But he was a big fan of the phrase betwixt. Cool. I learned about The Scarlet Letter from Gabby's appearance this season. <laughs> okay. She said she felt like she had a red A. Yeah. Great novel. Obviously a historic work. <laughs> if The Bachelor ended, what would happen to the podcast? Rebrand? Game of pods, question mark? I mean, I think no matter what happens to The Bachelor, it will always be an integral part of what we do because it is the foundation of really all modern dating reality television. None of it exists without The Bachelor. So I think there's always going to be reference to it no matter what. If it ended, yeah, we would certainly obviously continue covering Love is Blind and right. all the other shows that are that are kind of forwarding the genre at this point. This was probably the most asked question, by the way. Just yeah. like, what would happen? Oh, interesting. Yeah. Don't worry. We're podcasting forever. Yeah. I just don't... Like, reality dating television is not ever going away. Period. Maybe The Bachelor does eventually stop. I just can't imagine that, though. Because it's going to make so much money for somebody. Maybe it's not going to be Warner Brothers. I mean, it'll always be Warner Brothers because they own it, but... Maybe it's not going to be ABC anymore. Maybe it goes to streaming. Maybe it's like slightly diminished in terms of its budget. That's what's happening now to it. But I don't really ever see it going away. But Maybe they start selling the baby name right for $5,000 <laughs> yeah. a pop. That's probably what will wind up happening. <laughs> That's a fantastic idea. This is how we're going to fund the show now. Yeah. In, in that theoretical <laughs> scenario that it would end, I think we just keep going on as we're doing now. There's always going to be 
I mean, how many seasons of Love is Blind are going to be out per year now? Two, I think. I think they're going to roughly be on the exact same schedule as Bachelor, and then they have a perfect match. So we would at least have a game in season to kind of be recapping constantly, and it will always be referencing The Bachelor. Always. Because that's where it all started. Yeah, Queer Ultimatum, we are going to cover together at least the first couple episodes. Wednesday. And Clues will cover all of them. So yeah, tune into that. But I mean, even that, there's going to be Bachelor references in it. All the things, the little terminologies that we've come up with and stuff, PTCs and all of it, Hooju's, all that stuff. All those things apply to all these other games. I do think, though, there is a very, like, special, like, let's say The Bachelor did go away. I mean, I think this person and a lot of people are asking, like, would you become, like, an exclusively Love is Blind podcast, you know? No. I think Bachelor is what brings us all together. It's what you guys do best. And, um, yeah, I think that's, they just want to make sure that that same, like, chemistry will be there. And I can confirm oh that like if you guys haven't seen clues corner or pace case palapa like it's still there like the a chemistry confirmation yes chemistry confirmation right here <laughs> i i still laugh my ass off like it, it's honestly some of it is even better than bachelor dare i say and i will say this too i opened the patreon today to an image that made me <laughs> Full of vim and vigor, let's say. Oh. I it was a <laughs> horrifying kind of image of Bob Guinea and a dolphin and them swimming together like a movie poster. And it was a beautiful, beautiful clues. Thank you. Original AI art piece. Thank you. Amazing. Thank you. Also just say this if The Bachelor ever gets canceled, it will be back. Look at like what happened to American Idol. Interest waned, the show got bad, and then they brought it back five or six years later, the same will definitely hit. Mm. The Bachelor is too successful for it to go away forever. I, I think it's too successful for it to ever go away. But if it does, it will only be temporary. That's a guarantee. I don't think it'll go away. All right. Might go to freebie or whatever, but <laughs> but hey. Um, next question. Could the term protected player please be the new PP in the lexicon? I miss you guys saying PP so much. Interesting. This is a PP protected player. Yeah, I could see that. I'll do that. Fuck it. I don't care. Lizzie? Hmm. What are, what are your thoughts? I don't think I can do it. <gasps> oh. We've come to a, a fork in the road. I think I've retired PP. I think I kind of have too, honestly. This is a PP. This is a PP. Honestly, it's just like she's a PP. You know, Popeye, Sweet Nums, the whole fam. I've got to retire PP just out of my lexicon. Yeah, out of respect. So respectful. Respectful queen. Out of respect. Yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll agree. I'll agree. I'll side with Lizzie on this I'm one. sorry. I know that's probably not what they wanted. I mean, and again, they said, I miss you guys saying PP so much in all caps. I miss saying it. I miss saying it. But I will say this. One of the things that has happened as a result of doing this show is that we have gotten to meet some of these players some of these high-level people, mm-hmm. like Peter Weber, like Sweet Noms, like Jet and Jack, they came to <laughs> the disastrous original book signing at the Grove and were like marching around in a caravan with people as security guards were forcing <laughs> us to go this way and that way. With There were some baby yeah. chairs in there. And uh, strollers. You know, when we interviewed Peter Weber, he asked us specifically to not call him that. I feel like we have to respect that. Yeah. There's, um, yeah, there's just something that happens like, 
at a certain point when you're talking to these people and it, the the nature of kind of the parasocial relationship is like you see a little bit more about like who they are yeah as people they're not just this character that yeah. is being presented to you however they're being presented by the show as an asshole or a dipshit or whatever and you're like oh no this is just a real person who got like edited to look some way right. and we all feel a certain type of way about that edit but then when you really talk to them and you're like ah oh, shit you know, you feel kind of bad about it. I would say I haven't met anyone where I was like, oh, they were worse than their edit. Same, same. I totally agree. Every person we've talked to has been fantastic in person. Just fucking yeah. great. Like a real nice, sweet person who is like happy to talk about as much as they can about the experience without, you know, generating some kind of ire from the producers. No, for real. I have yet to meet a like mean or standoffish person in Bachelor Nation, obviously knock on wood, but like everybody I've met either in person or over Zoom, so nice, so kind. I feel they're genuine. So totally agree. I get it. We'll try to, we'll, we'll find something else. We'll find a, a new PP. That would be a good baby name too. Genuine and real. Oh, that would be. <laughs> genuine and real Trizzy Trout. Pruitt? I think it's also the way you guys said it, like when when clues would be like, no, sometimes Lizzie would just be like reporting on something that Peter Weber did, and clues would just come in and go, pee, pee. And I think that's honestly <laughs> what people liked so much is just well, look, the different inflection. Okay, well, the joy. <laughs> I can I can promise you I can very easily do that. I just gotta smoke a little weed before we do our first recap of charity Lawson season. You'll have some weird shit. I can guarantee that. And that's I think don't that's, worry about it. He's on yeah. it. <laughs> don't sweat this. We'll figure it out. Um what actually Dream granted. <laughs> what actually was the most dramatic season ever in you guys' opinion. Oh God. Um Caitlin Bristow. Yeah, I was maybe gonna say the same thing. That Nick Vial shit when he came in, crashed the season, had sex pre fantasy suite. No, not Nick Vial. I meant the the man who passed away. What? The other guy? One of the players on her season. That was Andy Dorfman. Oh okay. Andy Dorfman. Yeah. You're talking about I forget that guy's name, the guy who died in the parasailing accident. Cliff Cliff, yeah. yeah, I think. And they had to come yeah. in. Vial was in that. It was it was Andy Dorfman, her final three, uh, were all told that this guy died and they put down the camera and the whole crew came out of the shadows to hug each other. And Eric shit. Hill. Yeah. That was on Andy's season. Um, yeah, I don't know. That one felt... Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I didn't remember it that well, but that was, to me, the craziest thing. Up to that point, though, it was like kind of a standard season. What about Ari? Yeah. I mean, yeah. the ending of Ari's season, I remember watching that live. Like, I was I was waiting mm. so eagerly for that double shot of both of them, the unedited 20-minute conversation. Mesny is a good one, too. He did the same thing. Oh, yeah. But I don't know. There, there was a lot that, like, in Caitlin Bristow's season, I remember there was, like, it was astounding that Nick Vial crashed this, the whole season and then had sex with their pre-fantasy suites. Then there was all the slut shaming that happened as a result. And they talked about that to some degree at the after the final rose. There was a lot of drama in that season, I felt like, too. Not to mention that I ruined her season whenever I posted the Snapchat of her and Sean Booth and uh, sent it to Reality Steve. And if you look up my name and Caitlin Bristow, you will see in Time Magazine... Us Weekly People, Grace Ann Parks spoils season with Snapchat of Caitlin Bristow and Sean Booth. Wow. So You contributed mm -hmm. the drama. 
I think the correct answer though is gotta be Bachelorette sixteen or Bachelor twenty five. The like we've never seen anything like that in either of those seasons. Bachelorette sixteen, of course, is Claire Crawley ending the season in episode four to leave with Dale Moss, prompting them to bring in Tasha Adams to salvage the rest of the season by dating Claire Crawley's dregs. And then you had season twenty five, obviously uh, Matt James' first Black Bachelor that had multitudes of dramatic things happening all throughout 25 it. 25 might take the cake. Fucking, let's not even forget. Put all this stuff about Chris Harrison being uh, racist and doing the interview and getting fired. Put all that shit aside. Didn't forget. Uh, Rachel Kirkconnell almost fucking died in that season in a, a parachuting accident. Mm. Do you remember that shit? Yeah. Yeah, the forums loved that. God, I was deep in the the uh, skydiving. The forums were all over it. The paragliding <laughs> Skydiving for him. Yeah, the guy that was on her back, the the instructor that was strapped to her back, fucking broke his leg in like three places on that. And Rachel has now gone on to a couple podcasts and like when people ask her about it kind of jokingly, she like gets like visibly upset. And she's like, it actually, I actually was hurt and they had to put makeup on my bruises. Like it was very scary. Like her face was all fucked up from it. And then they just don't let her talk about how hurt she is. I know. That's what they fucking do. Look, they had another accident. Bree Springs on the ATV. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The real accident. But they I mean, people get fucking hurt on this show and they just don't let them talk about it. That's part of it. People have been concussed. People have had to have surgery to repair injuries from the tackle football games uh, in very recent seasons. And they just don't let you talk about it. Well, you know, they signed up for it. And I don't <laughs> Is know. That Nick Vile? Yeah. This file's coming in. I'm trying to figure out who you're doing. Yeah, see? It's like a 30s gangster. This must be what it's like when someone watches me do an impression. <laughs> gangster, 20s gangster. Yeah. yeah, I think I for me it's probably season 25. Oh, you know, catch. Bachelor 25. That shit was dramatic as hell. Just in terms of the, the scope of it, what it represented in the history of the show, what a, a miserable failure that season was in in many, many ways how they fucking treated Matt James when they had his um, estranged dad come in. Uh, Yeah. All of it. Like, all of it. Uh, To me, probably the most dramatic. The vibrator limo entrance. The, yeah, oh, I mean, you bringing up the dad, that reminds me of, like, what he wrote about in his book about that, and it just makes me blood red mad. Anyways, next question. Uh, This one is just for Pace Case. Uh, Clues you are not allowed to answer this question, this was made very clear in this question. Clues is not allowed. <laughs> he is not allowed. I will refrain. This question comes with rules. This Exactly. Good luck. So, and I know this is actually going to be hard for you, Clues. So, Pace Case. How would you personally feel if Nick Vial were to ever come on this podcast or if he invited you guys on his? I would be... Very excited for Bachelor Clues. <laughs> <laughs> but how would... So that would be the main feeling? Nothing else? Nothing like... Yeah, I would say it would be wonderful for Clues to meet his great one, you know, his football boy, if you will, sportsman. <laughs> My football boy? <laughs> you know. What do you call him? Football baby? Oh, football baby. Yeah, that's Tom Brady. Football bitch baby, right? You're Tom Brady? Football baby. Clues, mm-hmm. I've been on a mission. I'm trying to find Ooh. the perfect t-shirt. Yeah. 
um, because it's spring. I'm ready to get out there. I'm ready to peacock. Luckily, the perfect t-shirt does exist, and you can find it at Skims. From cropped silhouettes to long-sleeve layering tees, there's a style for everyone. You guys know how excited I was that Skims became one of our sponsors for this podcast. They have great basics and foundations. I got the boyfriend t-shirt in onyx. That's kind of a dark black color. And the cotton jersey long sleeve t-shirt in kyanite, which is kind of like a blue green. And they are both so comfortable. It's basically like you are wearing nothing. Great for free spirit types. Well, for all the free spirits out there right now, you can shop the Skims t-shirt shop at skims.com. Now available in sizes XXS through 4X. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcasts in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. Again, that's Skims. Clues, it is springtime. It is the off-season. It is gore girl summer. The weather's getting warmer. Thank you. Dark Lord Palmer. And it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and cowls and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul, get those staple pieces, and I found quince. Now I have a lineup of timeless pieces keeping me looking effortlessly chic year after year. I got the cotton modal scoop neck tee. It is so cute. It is literally the first thing I reach for in my dresser when all my clothes are washed. You know those special items. If you are not like Clues, who only wears one outfit. I'm Quince head to toe at this point. I'm a Quince boy. (gasps) I'm a source boy, Quince boy. You got no idea. I'm wearing Quince t-shirts, Quince pants, Quince long sleeve t-shirts, Quince pants, Quince sweaters, Quince pants. I'm Quinced. (laughs) Just call me Quinced, King Quinces, Okay, they call me. I love Quince. Okay, Quince. Uh, get warm weather ready with Quince. Be a Quince King yourself or Quince Queen. Go to Quince.com slash roses for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash roses to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash roses. Game of Roses is sponsored by BetterHelp. Clues, uh, we all carry around different stressors, big and small. And if you keep them all bottled up, it can affect you negatively. Therapy is a great place to get things off your chest and figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. You might be taking care of your physical body, but are you taking care of that beautiful mind, Clues? Yes. I have benefited from therapy greatly in the past. Uh, It has helped me get through stressful experiences, manage boundaries, learn coping skills. You know, the the whole premise of life is is kind of a, a, it's a lot to undertake and therapy can help with that. Well, if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do to get started is fill out a brief questionnaire. Then you get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists literally at any time for no additional charge. 
Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Game of Roses today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Game of Roses. Okay, and next question. Remember, clues, no more input. This is the end of that question. Oh, it's a two-parter that I can't answer? It's a two-parter, too. No, 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 no. Okay. I'm saying, like, we're going to the next question. Don't let anything slip right now as I'm transitioning. Yeah, I'm not. <laughs> I, I'm not. What happened to your TV show? When is it coming? Which one? <laughs> See what I did there? What TV show? We've got several. Um, we're actively working on trying to get some of this shit made. You know, we're taking as many meetings as we can. It's... Can you give us an update? And the scripted stuff is on pause for the WGA strike. Yeah, I mean, no no scripted stuff can be developed or pitched or talked about, but we're still trying to work some of our reality shows into the mix. Uh, There's nothing at this time to report, but, you know, as soon as there is, if there ever is, we will obviously announce it here first. Yeah, I would just say just know that like it's just because you guys talked about it a while ago doesn't mean that it's gone forever. Like the nature of reality TV and TV in general, what I've learned from you guys is like it's slow. There's a lot of like, sure. yeah. So You're always pushing a rock up a hill. As long as you have a project and an idea and you can find somebody who wants to listen to you pitch it or talk about it, there's always a possibility it gets bought or made, blah, blah, blah. Some projects take decades literally to get made or to get bought wasn't that like avatar like didn't that one take like literally a decade or something we are coming out with our own avatar oh grace and that was a secret fuck i'm so sorry guys i didn't know about that (laughs) shit it's all ai but there's a lot of things different but everybody's green you made fun of me both of you did before we started this recording saying he will for sure bring up ai Blah, blah, blah. And Lizzie, you brought it up. Not me. You did. You were the one who said it. Not me. I'm just putting that on the record. I had nothing to do with it. That wasn't the bet. Dude, Clues is so animated right now, y'all. Like, he just jumped out of his seat. I know. Now I'm like, wait, you were waiting for me to bring up AI all episode. <laughs> I wasn't waiting for it at all. You just did it. Oh, d- dude, you literally just like... <laughs> out of your seat when she said it like you catapulted well i was very surprised sorry <laughs> i mean it's avatar it's very similar yeah that's ai right no hmm. <laughs> all right i really like this next question because i don't even know the answer if the main game is the regular season slash playoffs of the nfl what is bachelor in paradise all-star all-star game oh Okay. <laughs> that was easy. Or the slam dunk competition. Well, the slam dunk competition opens the all-star game in the NBA. It's like the home run oh. competition that opens the all-star game of baseball. They're part of the same event? Uh, No, the slam dunk competition takes place like the day before. The NBA all-star game is like a multiple day thing. So is the Major League Baseball um, all-star game. It's more than one game? One game, but they have multiple events. Like the NBA All-Star Weekend usually has multiple things that like different players come and are doing things and interviews with ESPN and all this kind of stuff. And the slam dunk competition happens the day before the game takes place. Mm. Just as in uh, baseball. You learn something new every day. Sounds like a different event. It is, but it's part of the All-Star Weekend. It's part of the the big All-Star thing, you know? Okay. And then Listen to Your Heart is the Puppy Bowl. 
that's my favorite bowl. So okay, you know, sure, it's cute. It is. It's very cute. And now they have uh, adoptable puppies that uh, people can adopt. They just call the number on the TV. Mm. Very cute. Listen to your hearts. More like the G League. I'll just leave that there. I don't know. <laughs> I take the yeah. Hmm. Do I want to ask? I feel like I don't. It's just like a minor league kind of basketball league. It's a micro league. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's like AAA baseball. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What is the best line when approaching someone from Bachelor Nation? Because I see them all the time. Wow. Where does this person live? Either Los Angeles, New York, or Nashville? Probably LA. Yeah. I mean, it depends on the player. Yeah, totally depends on the player. Depends on where you are. You say howdy if you're a slider. Let's say you're aloha. What? (laughs) Every single time you just say aloha to them. I would say you go with aloha. It works for a lot of scenarios. And isn't it also hello and goodbye, aloha? Yeah. That's what I mean. Perfect. I think it completely depends on the player. If this is a player from the classic era, somebody who has never gotten like the mass attention that they deserve because they were in the game before social media, I think you go right up to them and you say, I absolutely loved you on season whatever of The Bachelor. And you say something very specific about what they did. And it will let them know like, holy shit, this person really knows their shit. They watched my season. This is amazing. They'll take pictures with you. Sign autographs, whatever you want. That's a really good answer. That is a very good answer. And actually, I don't know if you remember this, Clues, but um, when I went to my first like Bachelor event like for Gore alone in New York City, I almost bailed because I was so nervous. And one of the tips that you gave me was, obviously, you were like, just look at it like a job. And the second one was, you know who's going to be there. Like, brush up on some of like their specific plays. Go up to them. And again, not just butter them up, but be specific. And it worked. Like I still have like relationships with some of those people. And it so actually, yeah, that's I've used your advice and it just worked. So totally. I think they get all the time like, oh, you're on The Bachelor. I love Bachelor. That's so awesome. A very generic compliment means nothing to them. But if you say specifically like in episode seven, most total roses, most kisses. Raven, when you did that entire thing where you faked like you had an orgasm and skipped around Finland playing with dogs. That changed my life. I have never seen better fake orgasm acting in my life. You say something like that. Trust me, I've seen a lot of fake orgasm <laughs> acting. These are the best pickup lines ever. Don't even go with anything else. I'm not even saying it's a pickup line. Say them to people who aren't even on it. But I think if you do go in with something very specific, um, maybe even something that connotes an understanding of the game and how it's constructed. Like, I know when you were in that episode, I know, like, you know, it was shitty what those producers did to you, Madison Pruitt, when they had you and Peter Weber out there getting bit by flies the whole time. Like, why did they put you out there with all those flies to have your final conversation? Or just use a Bible <laughs> verse if you meet Maddie. I mean... Yeah, that's true. Here's what you say. $5,000. <laughs> I've got $5,000 to name your first baby. Yes or no? I'll name your child. I couldn't even get it out. Yeah. <laughs> but you don't even... You can't say yeah. no. To any of the names. I'm not going to tell you what the name is. Just tell me yes or no, $5,000 right now. Or I'll give you two options and you can pick yeah. between them. And she's like, uh, I'm a billionaire now. I don't think I need $5,000. I don't know why she now has a <laughs> Texas accent, but 
Yeah, that, that is my best advice. Go in with something very specific about their season, what you liked about it, and how they are inspirational to you in one way or another. Wow. Yeah. I feel like that's good advice for anyone that you recognize in general. Yeah. I agree. And again, I would also, if you're ever just like ner- have social anxiety like myself and, and get nervous, honestly, look at it like a job. It totally flips the switch for me. When Clues told me that, it was one of the, the most helpful things he has ever uh, told me. Oh, wow. And it, and it uh, helped me. Bec- I know, right? When I was 15... I interned at UPN and they had a like media event at the end that was like this big party. And I saw Chris Rock there and I was like, I got to get a picture with Chris Rock. And I just was like, hey, can I take a picture with you? And I just took it. uh, And he looks very surprised. And then my boss apologized for me. But I have that picture. (laughs) I got to see that picture. Please send me that picture. That is amazing. That is, I'll send you the picture. That sounds hilarious. That is hilarious. But I'm so glad I did. Yeah. Yes. I wish I had maybe been a little cooler about it, but. I loved you in Grown Ups too. <laughs> I loved when you slapped that guy. That guy slapped him, though. That guy. The, like, that's what Sean Booth, whenever he talks about Nick. <laughs> I loved when you got slapped. Yeah, that, that you've got that backwards. <laughs> it was Will Smith that did the slapping. In 20 years, you're going to get slapped by Will Smith. That's what I should have said. Yeah, exactly. What are some of the long-term goals you guys have for Gore? You want me to answer this? You, you looking at me, Lizzie, like you want me to answer? I'll tell you this. This is one long-term goal. No, I'm just thinking. This is my thinking face. I want to expand it into a television network. Ultimately, its its final form is a television network that covers all of reality television in the same way ESPN covers sports. I don't know if we ever get there, but that is a goal I'm constantly trying to achieve um, with varying degrees of effort, depending on how many other projects I've got going on. But certainly that is the long-term goal. Um, In the interim, I would like to have a scenario where we have multiple different podcasts under the Game of Roses kind of network title. As you know, we're trying to do one with Courtney Roberts and that rebrand is coming very soon. Yes, a lot of questions about that. Yes, the rebrand. And we're we're putting a lot of work into it because I, I feel like it's good. I, I think it's going to be a very good podcast after this rebrand, much more in line with, with what Courtney wants to do. And I think it's going to be fantastic. And I we're just like learning a massive amount about how to help someone else produce their podcast. And so um, I think that's kind of like our first step toward expanding this in a way that kind of keeps what we do as the anchor of it and then have a bunch of other shows kind of around it. And that's really the the next step kind of interim goal on our way to creating the ESPN of reality television, hopefully. Gotcha. All right. Let's see. Ditto. Ditto. What is your most embarrassing moment from middle school? From middle school, Jesus. Embarrassing? I know. This was such a picky. Yeah, yeah. There's gotta be some good stories. I don't I don't know. I don't know if I've like suffered true embarrassment before. <laughs> Ditto. Chad. I kind of don't like give a shit about things, you know what I mean? In any real way. No, I don't know what you mean at all. I've always been kind of a nihilist at heart, I think, even as a child. That's good. I guess. Do you give a shit about us? No, I mean in terms of like personal embarrassment. 
I've done dumb shit and, and looked stupid and all that kind of stuff. Everybody has, obviously. I just don't like get embarrassed by it, I guess, because I find like I think it's kind of funny too, you know, <laughs> like in some way. Yeah. Middle school is hard to remember. Yeah, it truly is. Yeah. Um <laughs> I mean, so I have a high back. school one, but like middle school. God, middle school. I have things that I'm embarrassed now that I did in middle school. Does that count? Sure. Yeah. What do you got? Um, just some, <laughs> just some pranks. Oh. Okay, <laughs> we're listening. <laughs> I'm listening. I. I... <laughs> What's going on on the other side of this? Zoom here. What's going on? I need this. No, just like, you know, there were some leaves, some sticky leaves around, putting them on people's backs, like kind of being a little prankster. Oh, you know what? I'll give you one. I'll give you one. I wasn't embarrassed. This was a moment where I was fucking furious. To this day, this guy is one of my best friends. His name is Josh Thorpe. Hello, Josh, if you're listening. Thorpe. We watched The Bachelor with him once. Yeah, he came over once, I think so, yeah. This man sat behind me in 7th or 8th grade Texas history, whatever it was, and <laughs> I don't know what fucking fueled him to do this. He had a kneaded dough eraser. If you know what these are like, they're like gum erasers. You can kind of like, they're almost like silly putty type. And we, you had, they always made you buy them for art class for some reason. So he had one of these, and he like smashed it into my fucking hair. To such a degree that it had to be cut from my head and I just had a big chunk of fucking hair missing. And I was like oh, no. walking around with just like a chunk of my hair out. That's so funny. Yeah. And I was like, why did you fucking do that? He's like, I don't know, dude. I know someone who got their hair caught in a mixer once and it was the oh same result. <laughs> Making cookies. Yeah. Other than that, I don't know. Dang. No, I feel like, yeah. I'm sure there was a lot. Yeah, it's hard to middle. That's why I picked that question because it was so like, if you knew it, you knew it because you were like, oh, that happened in middle school. I don't want to talk about it. Yeah. But yeah, I would say everyone seemed like they were suffering in middle school. Yeah. Agreed. I remember one time we, a friend of mine and I, this other friend, <laughs> we were like, let's, we're going to be vandals. So we got bars of soap. <laughs> Bars of soap. This vandals. was how hardcore we were as vandals. We took bars of like dial soap and we went, went around at midnight. I was spending the night at his house or whatever. I think it was even on Halloween potentially. And we went around and drew pentagrams on like people's car windows oh my with bars of soap though that literally it would take like five <laughs> seconds to just like put water on it and it disappears. How old were you? Whatever, 12 or something. You knew what I, I didn't even know what Dude, my mom covered my eyes during the Can You Feel the Love Tonight Lion King scene, oh. and you were making pentagrams in soap? Yeah, and then we were like, we were waiting to hear the next day, and one kid did show up, uh, and he was like, dude, Satanist got my mom's car last night. <laughs> <laughs> you know those Satanists that use soap to fucking put their pentagrams <laughs> on your car? <laughs> I mean... I don't know. I think I would be so scared if there was a pentagram on my house. Me too. And I definitely wouldn't think a child did it. I think that's why. I would be like, some adult did this. But it wasn't like, I mean, in retrospect, it's hilarious to me that we thought that was in any way like doing hardcore vandalism, you know? We were like, yeah, we're fucking badass now. Soap. Soap. 
If you are a wine lover like myself and you got to have it for your bachelor reviewing parties, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. I found the personalized, the most personalized wine club that has amazing wines and exclusive perks called First Leaf. As a First Leaf member, you get to try new wines and I'm guaranteed to enjoy them because they got to know my unique preferences. I answered a few questions on their website, this quiz about the flavors you like, how often you drink wine, Monday nights, if you prefer red, white, or rosé. And based on these, it gives you this amazing selection of wines tailored just for you. And when you rate those wines, it gets even more tailored, a la, you know, uh, Netflix, just play into the algorithm. My algorithm got me both rosé and white wine, Mm. my favorites, and they were so delicious, and I've gotten to enjoy them with many of my my friends. Look, being part of the First Leaf Wine Club also has perks. As a member, you get access to their incredibly helpful wine concierge. So if you want uh, wine pairing advice or you want to talk about the wines in your box, you can always talk to one of their experts. Plus, you get member-exclusive pricing. What's in the box? On every order. <laughs> Join the club today and discover new wines you'll love with First Leaf. Go to tryfirstleaf.com slash roses to get your first box. That's T-R-Y-F-I-R-S-T-L-E-A-F.com slash roses. Tryfirstleaf.com slash roses. Creams and serums are made of 70% water, 15% preservatives and emulsifiers, leaving only around 15% for the active ingredients that your skin needs. But luckily now, there's fiber skincare. 15 years ago, the scientists behind fiber skincare started working on nanofibers, which are 500 times smaller than human hair. You know, I I saw that in... Um body problem. Mm. One year ago, they patented a way of wrapping the nanofiber around oil or liquid-based ingredients. This means they can deliver five times the active ingredients compared to creams or serums as there is no need for water, preservatives, or emulsifiers. The first formulation made with this technology is plant-based, anti-wrinkle. It's a set of patches that you use over a series of seven days. You just put these on whenever you would apply your serums and your skin is going to feel tighter in 10 seconds. And over the seven-day program, it has been clinically proven to reduce wrinkles by, get this, 19.4%, a very precise percentage. In fact, Mm. they have a tighter skin guarantee. If your skin isn't tighter in seven days, they're going to give you your money back, no questions asked. You get the tighter skin guarantee with this seven-day routine. Tighter skin or your money back. Get a 15% discount code by using the discount code GAME. That's Fiber Skincare. Sweaters, candles, the dreaded bathrobe. Unfortunately, Mother's Day gifts can be a little predictable and boring. That's why an Aura Frame is the perfect gift to mix things up this year. It was named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter. Aura Frames are guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages. My mom loves hers. I'm throwing pictures of Skabooli and our cat up there. She's laughing. She's texting me. He's so cute. I wish I could meet him. It's the next best thing to to meeting my cat, really. You know, I love that it was so easy to set it up. I've recently learned I'm not good at uh, building things. 
and I need an easy install. And oh. this only takes about two minutes to set up the frame using the Aura app. Aura frames are Wi-Fi connected, come with unlimited storage, so you can share as many photos as you want from your phone to your mom's frame. She'll be grateful it's not another sweater, and she'll love the frame to see more of you. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A, Frames.com. Use code ROSES at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. We used... (laughs) I threw water balloons across a street and we, and we threw them at cars. Basically. Oh, damn. And then the police came <laughs> and chased us. Oh my God. You literally ran from cops. I guess this is before middle school. Maybe yeah. Lizzie's an actual badass. I had a, a, an episode where I had to run from police when I was probably 36 or Whoa. seven. Street art? 35. Yeah, street art. I was up on a building putting up a... Pentagrams? No. This was a thing that was two chimpanzee heads facing each other in the middle of it. It says, none of this is real. And I was pasting this giant thing. It was maybe like a 10-foot long, kind of like wide poster. I was pasting it on the corner of Robertson and Wilshire, a busy corner out here in Los Angeles, if you know where that is. Vandal for life. Yeah, exactly. That's where it, it wound up me doing street art, but I was pasting this thing and my friend who was supposed to be doing lookout, I don't know where the fuck he was, but a light comes up from the ground, hits me in the face. It wasn't Josh, another friend. Uh, A light comes from the bottom of the the street and hits me in the face. And I'm like, what the fuck? And I look down and it's a cop car shining their light, like literally up on me. And I'm like, oh, I'm fucked. But they turn, they go right north on Robertson and kind of like pull over and the cops start getting out of the car and I'm like, fuck it. (gasps) I run back around the building, had this kind of lip that I was standing on and I jump off of it like action movie style, literally like half a story, fall down to the ground, do a dive roll and then sprint off into the uh, surrounding neighborhood and like crouch down in somebody's driveway behind an SUV for 15 minutes. That is a spry 37. Yeah. yeah, I ain't doing that shit no more. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I don't think I could do that now. <laughs> yeah, this was pre-knee uh, surgery and all that shit, but it was fun, and I never got caught. Was that what caused the knee yeah. surgery? No, that was racquetball. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wow. So there you go. I don't know uh, if any of that is embarrassing per se, but... I think we've covered it. I think we we hit something. That's where... The, yeah, that's where the story went. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's some, here's something. <laughs> Let's see. Oh, so I got to ask Clues this question when I did a Q&A with just him when uh, you were gone, Lizzie. But I am interested to hear your answer. Um, what were your first impressions of each other? Did you become friends right away? We obviously know you guys met uh, in the Bad Judge writing room. But like, Lizzie, what was your first impression of Chad? Well, I had read one of Chad's books in preparation for working on the show. So I was expecting a much different person. And then, I don't know, just like (laughs) the guy, the guy who made the show. And he had like a really fun friendship with our other friend, Amy. And I loved watching them like kind of scream across the table at each other. Oh, so Amy kind of like uh, helped it a little bit of you kind of imagining like, oh, I want to be his friend. 
I don't have a memory of being like, I want to be Chad's friend. Yeah. Does anybody have that memory of anybody? Now that's a person I'd want to be a friend yes. of. Yes. Haven't you, haven't you ever had friend crushes? Catherine told me that oh. she met me and wanted to be my friend. Oh, damn. Nice. Yeah. But I don't remember even meeting when I meet anyone. Oh. So I, I don't remember meeting Chad. But. I think the first time I met you was the first day of the Bad Joe's Writer's Room. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, probably. Skaboolian. Somebody just entered the do you baby. Skaboolian enters the chat. Oh. Oh. Uh, Clues is massaging the cat and the cat's eyes are (laughs) softening like in heaven. (laughs) He loved it. He loved it. All right. Only a few more questions left. All right. Um, Let's see. Did Clues ever crunch the data he collected from the movie Cats? Crunch it? Yeah. I crunched it. I synthesized it. I lived it. I breathed it. I am it. That movie, I truly believe this, is the most important movie made in the modern era of film. Okay. You're just being an edgelord. No, I'm not. It's the death of film. Oh, the death of... Oh, I agree with that. Yeah, 100%. I believe the the last kind of important era of movies as art started with The Room, which came out, I believe, in 2001, 2002, maybe. Tommy Wiseau's movie, The Room. You know this movie? Yes. Yes. It was a failure. I was busy getting chased by the, the popo. Oh, it was a failure at every level. And yet it is beloved because it's so bad that it's funny and it's bad in ways that are funny only because we as a movie going audience at this point understand what it should be. We understand what a dramatic movie is like. We understand what a dialogue scene should be. We understand what the three act structure is. And this movie breaks all those rules and does so in ways that are exactly the opposite of what it in quotes should be. Our understanding of that, of that structure and what a movie should be as an audience is at such a high level that when we see something like The Room, it's immediately funny to us and we can enjoy the failure of the the movie as art, as art itself, as comedic art. That then opens up for us a 20-year period, roughly until Cats, where we are starting to collect these movies that become these giant uh, big-budget flops that studios make and in many cases, studios make them in attempts to make to get Oscars and shit. There, Naomi Watts has a couple of these movies. I can't fucking remember their names. Um, but these movies were coming, starting to come out. And you would see like lists on AV Club and Rotten Tomatoes every year. The worst movies list would come out. And it would be pleasurable to watch these movies because they were so bad they became funny. Cats is the culmination of that. It is the pinnacle of that. You will never get anything worse than that for a cast that good and that much money and special effects in every fucking shot. Just the biggest swing imaginable. Everybody in that movie thought they were going to win an Oscar and it was a fucking train wreck. Top to bottom. And I think that is it. That is the end of movies as art. When you have a giant studio backing this... I mean, that musical has been around for how long? 30 years or something? 50 years? And everybody's been trying to make a, a movie out of it. And here it finally gets done. And it's a failure at every level. Uh, laughably bad. Strange even. Even beyond laughably bad, 
like bizarre to a level you almost can't comprehend. If you have not seen Cats, the movie, I highly recommend seeing it. I haven't. There's a scene in it, for example, where uh, Rebel Wilson plays this cat that is wearing a little like outfit, wearing clothes. And then at a certain point, she unzips her... Um, <laughs> her own skin basically and peels it off to reveal a nude cat under the cat that was wearing clothes. Then she begins to eat cockroaches that are dancing and singing. It makes no sense. That's hilarious. So I, and I think once we got to that point, it was like, okay, all bets are off. Now all we're going to see um, is essentially Marvel movies and Star Wars movies, the big IP franchise, kind of like blockbuster temple movies. And you're going to see these uh, smaller movies become less and less important, which I believe they have. Can you tell me what won Best Picture last year? The the um the the every uh everybody everyone all at once. That's right. Every everything everywhere all at once. What won the year yeah. before? Coda. Isn't this Sound of Water? No. What? <laughs> Coda. I don't remember. I don't know. I was just asking. I was curious. But even everything everywhere all at once they become. How was Taylor in Cats? Yeah, how was Taylor? Uh, she's only in one scene. The The critique of her thing was kind of like she had unnecessarily big boobs, bigger boobs than all the other cats for some reason. There are a bunch of weird <laughs> no. things that are done with the, the computer animation of it. There's rumored to be a butthole cut where they actually put CGI buttholes on the cats and people were <laughs> yeah. for a long time hashtag release the butthole cut. Dude, I, dude, the H3 podcast talked about that when it happened yeah. and like... They, th it was like I, I'm almost positive it was like legit confirmed that like they had to go yeah. through the movie and take out all the buttholes. Also, I didn't think they were buttholes. I thought they were cakes. Nice. <laughs> For those of you <laughs> not aware, that's uh, in reference to Howie Mandel's TikTok. Thank you. That was good, Lizzie. Look it up. Also, I just found um, this is definitely going to be the clip for TikTok and Reels. You're talking about cats. Yeah, for sure. See it. Like I said, I, I think it truly is the the final movie, the kind of death of, of movies, really. The death of like that type of movie anyway, where a big budget studio is like, we're going to get this time-honored musical, fucking fill it with A-list actors. <clears throat> no, but what you're saying is like actually like making sense because you're right about the room. Like even to this day, I see people like kids on TikTok making you know memes out of like oh hi mark like they're yeah they're like teens and that movie is still like timeless in a way because it's so bad that it's good right but even like getting to a point as a a film watching audience or as an audience that understands the art of movies getting to a point where our vocabulary is big enough and complex enough to understand why that is bad yeah and why it being bad in that way is now funny to us that movie made like let's say in the 80s would have just been nothing. People would have seen it and been like, what the fuck is this? I don't get it and move on. Mm. But because it was made in 2000, after we have the internet for a little while, after meme culture is starting to percolate, after we're starting to understand there's like comedy in people fucking up art, especially art like movies, which at the time, I mean, that movie supposedly cost Tommy Wiseau $8 million to make. Movies are not cheap. So it means people are funneling massive amounts of money, time, and resource into making these giant pieces of art. And then they fail on these levels that are like, to most people, just like fundamentally, that should never be in a movie. Or like, why, why are they saying this that way? Or why is that happening? And Cats is that on the fucking millionth level. It's just staggering 
in how bizarrely bad it is. Well, I honestly think that's the perfect place to end. Oh, all right. Well, I, I guess that's it. <laughs> Thank you very much, everyone, for joining <laughs> us. Thank you, Dark Seeker. Thank you for all of your questions. Some really good ones. Yeah, absolutely. And thank you, Dark Seeker, for joining us on the pod today. Of course. And thank you to everyone who is going to get the paperback of How to Win the Bachelor, a giant piece of art. Yes, available now. That's right. Which fails on no level and succeeds on all levels. And once again, if you are curious about getting into the game, if you're in the casting process uh, in the game right now for Bachelor Season 28, DM me. I am here to help. A spot opened in the schedule, coaching sketch. A lot of different things can can happen when you're coaching people, when you're coaching players. And uh, the I've found out that the trouble with sometimes coaching players for a long time is they get in relationships and they can't go on The Bachelor. It just happens. A nightmare. You know? No. I, I, I obviously wish them... They find love? Yeah, they find love. Exactly. Um, no, I wish them all well. And, and that's uh, that's the name of the game anyway. But they need to focus. I got a little bit of time and a little bit of space open for some potential other players. So if anybody out there is interested, hit me up with that DM. Let me know. Um, and until next time, before we go as always, what is that dwab at? It's been 7,729 days without an Asian bachelor. Praise be Dark Lord Palmer. Please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us. And then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us. And then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us. And then 